This episode of 50% Facts is brought to you by SocietySocks.com. Go to MySocietySocks.com, use the code FACTS, and you'll get 50% off your first month of subscription socks. And Gainful. Go to Gainful.com slash facts. Take the five-minute quiz and get $15 off your first month of a subscription for personalized protein powder and access to a registered dietitian. That's Gainful.com slash facts. More on both of these later in the show. You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we try to answer specific questions on an individual topic, and then at the end, we bring in an expert to give you the real answers. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show. Ladies and gentlemen, first Q&A ever. And probably first Q&A I've done in a very long time. I used to do a little bit more... On the YouTubes, um, we do some here and there on Instagram Live, uh, and obviously you guys know this is 50% facts, uh, and we always try to get you guys some information at the end, a little bit of entertainment in the beginning, we try to answer a question, then we bring in an expert, so you get a little takeaway. It's kind of like, um, there's something real um, wonderful about the 90s and early 2000s sitcoms, Home Improvement, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Family Matters, and maybe, obviously I'm biased because that's the era I grew up in. <laughs> And they probably started earlier. I'd imagine was I Love Lucy and Leave it to Beaver and things of this nature would also do this. I just don't find those funny. But Fresh Prince has the recipe for entertainment yep. and a moral lesson right. every single episode. And some I'm not comparing myself to Will Smith, but, you know, <laughs> all, what we're trying to do is entertain you a little bit and give you a little bit of take home. So we're going to do this Q&A. Follow us both on Instagram, Twitter, DJ McD, Silent Michael 2 Case. Yep. We might do these more often. Yep. Tweet at us. Comment at us if you like these. Realize that um, if we come up a que- with, against a question that we don't have a great answer to, that's probably going to go on our list of questions to find an expert for. Exactly. Like this one. So, opinion on cannabis. Yeah. We can talk about our opinions on cannabis all day long, politically, personally, um, but it's obviously high on our list of questions that we want to attack, CBD being so freaking trending right now it's everywhere and, and we have had more than one um sponsor yeah reach out on, on that and uh we haven't gone there yet um obviously yeah and we've asked a lot of our our sciencey friends um that are literally in the labs and they say there's not much actually being studied on it there's no real conclusions happening so that's kind of why we haven't tackled that because with no conclusions that means that there's no expert so we can't really answer your question but one day we're going to really tackle cannabis cbd um but as of right now we don't know i guess we could start with personal opinions my yeah. personal opinion is pretty um down the middle of the road uh i think that alcohol um and I don't like the argument that like, well, everyone's driving drunk and killing people and dying from alcohol poisoning. No one smoked too much and died. Like, I don't know if that's the answer. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. I guess I'm no, sure. I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's a you're, it's a, a matter of degree, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are stoned that are crashing cars as well. We just don't know. And that's my only issue is that uh, as far as I know, and that was a big issue here in California, is they don't have a way to test um yeah, how currently still working or on that. The, yeah, or, or how intoxicated you are at the very moment. Uh, and obviously that makes driving and um, being in public a little bit different. I'm just for people being safe. Am I for personal use? Sure. 
Uh, if that's what you like to do in your mm. downtime in your home, go for it. Uh, I don't know if I like the idea of even bars out because um, I know they're talking about that in Nevada, kind of similar to an Amsterdam deal. We're talking about uh, here too. I think. Yeah, where you can indulge in, in the location you purchase. I don't know if I like that or not, just because I th- even bars, like I don't love the idea of bars. Like I, I love the idea of bars. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's like the, the reality yeah. of bars yeah, I'm that the I have same. issues with. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I don't like humans. That's where my yeah. real issue is. I, if I could... If I could just own a bar, own a little bar, sure. a little out of the way bar, yeah, or that if I people could hang could out in and, and not have to worry, yeah, exactly. That's what I don't like. Is there's always seventy percent of people going out having a beer, meeting an old friend, or chatting, mm-hmm. and then there's always thirty percent going out to get hammered, drunk, and starting fights, being loud, being annoying, breaking things, or you know, sadly getting into situations where you hurt other people in a vehicle or something of that nature. I hate all that, and I just think that um, any substance um, can lead to that. So, yeah, I think anything that becomes a crutch is an is an issue. Yeah. There, I, I know plenty of people who don't seem to be able to f- function without being um, having the edge taken off with right. something. Right. And that's that's self medication. That's a like you might want to explore what's getting you to that point. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's I mean, that's a whole nother rant of. Yeah, but I mean, optimizing and this and that and supplements, this mental and that. Like, health, and yeah, yeah. Why don't you just start working? Look inward to fix your inward problems, rather yeah. than looking outward to fix your inward problems. Yeah, um, I always say, uh, and I'm, I, just, I know I've said it before on the show, but I'm going to repeat myself: don't indulge so much in a thing that you like that you can't do it anymore because you've burned it out. Yeah. You've you become irresponsible about it or whatever. And for some people, that's that's not ever drinking. Right. You know, really, because they they don't have that kind of restraint. They have some other kind of pathology going on that drives them to to uh, drink too much. Same thing with anything else. Yeah, yeah, and it sucks. You know, obviously, self awareness is kind of the answer there. But then, like, how do you teach that? How do you manifest that? How do people get there? Because there's sadly that thirty percent or more of people I'm talking about aren't self aware, and that's the number one issue. Yeah, um, and I don't know how to teach that. I think I'm just lucky enough that. Uh, because of my anxiety and overthinking, I overanalyze myself and I became self, like I'm constantly working on self-awareness and what drives me, what makes me sad, what makes me a good human, what makes mm. me a bad human, because uh, I just am over-analytical on myself. But for those of you that are not, yeah, maybe check out some fucking therapy, meditation, exercise, something of that nature to try to fix some of your inside issues. Uh, I was, um, this feeds into a question that I'm going to get to later, but um, I was having my neck worked on yesterday at a physical therapist office. And uh, she's like, I don't know. We haven't talked about stress and we haven't talked about to what extent stress plays a role, because, but that's a part of your body that reacts to stress. For sure. Uh, and she's like, here, you know, I was lying down because she's been working on my neck. She's like, here, let's try this. But put one hand on your stomach, put one on your, on your chest. And I just want you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth and breathe into your belly and not into your chest. And she's like, I did it a couple of times. It's like, oh, no, you got that right away. And I said, yeah, it's because when you lift, yeah. you're supposed to breathe into your abdomen yeah, because yeah. that's where your brace is, not breathe into your chest. I've seen so many people breathe into their chest or basically like their mouths, and that's how they, they blow out their eyes and their skin and everything else because all the pressure's in the wrong place. Yeah, 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 and even meditation. If you meditate a lot, that's yeah. all it is is breathing. So Yeah, so if you're a lifter and you can do the brace thing, that you can probably do some um, some breathing to help relax yourself. Uh, yeah. you could, there's plenty of information out there about it. You don't have to look to us toward, to to, uh, to answer that question, but... Um, 
Uh, speaking of lifting, here's a question f- that was in from uh, from the show's Instagram. Uh, I f- Fiddlination is the person who asked, asked this question. What current and or possible future technologies can powerlifting competitions use to, to remove subjectivity in judging squat depth? I frankly do not have an answer to that question. There, uh, sadly, I, I, well, one, do we want to? Yeah. Um, two, you can make that argument for any sport. Yeah. Uh, basketball, football, replays. People are trying yeah. to do different things. Um, I think the number one would probably be video replay, and the issue would only be time. Um, Mm -hmm. because you'd maybe need a separate set of judges to go over it and maybe you do it with a two to one call or something of that nature. I'm just free balling this off. I've never really even thought about this. The other one people have thrown around is some kind of laser setup, um, which kind of makes sense, um, with depth, uh, or something of that nature. And so say you, or even, uh, yeah, with depth, we'll start with depth. So when you get your uh, rack height Mm -hmm. at check-in, you also get a depth height by this laser and I'm no freaking engineer, but I'm sure there's some laser that could do this pretty simply. And so they check where your hip crease is on the depth, mm. and you have to hit that or below, and the laser basically tells you from the side whether you're good. And then maybe you have a judge uh, one or two to see kind of an up-down motion or something. Um, and then the other one I thought about with bench, with the pause, is uh, fencing. Fencing, they have uh, tipped uh, suits and swords. So oh. when you hit it, it, it like hits a buzzer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you do something like that with a pause, and maybe you set a timer. So maybe there's... You know, everyone has the exact whatever point six mm-hmm. second pause, and so when you hit your chest, the bar touches that thing, a buzzer goes off, and now you can press. Um, but again, I think that depending on the federation, depending on the individual, uh, I don't necessarily think machines are the way to go. It's a training issue, I think. At the end of the day, it's training people to be able to look at different body types and 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 look at that point that you know hip crease relative to the knee and develop consistency around judging it. And it probably means like watching a lot of side view video yeah. to get a sense of, of, you know, what passes and what doesn't pass and being able to shoot those things from, um, um, from that same angle. I know that there are federations that do uh, like preceptorship for judging. Uh, you can't become a, an international ref until yeah, you've, yeah you know, pass the test and, and all that stuff. I, the thing is that all of those people have individual biases too. We're not at a point, I don't think somebody can enlighten me on this, where we really have what they call inter-rater reliability, where everybody is seeing the same thing roughly the same way. And the baseball of the professional sports is probably the one that's the worst for this relative to, to, pitch location, balls and strikes. They have machinery that can call balls and strikes much more accurate than humans. Uh, but there's there's been a question about that because baseball is an old game. Yeah. And everybody is very bound in the tradition of that. And I think that powerlifting may be the same way. And then the only way to overcome that is with training, except when you look at baseball, there are wide variations of strike zones from, from uh, home plate umpire to home plate umpire. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think there's two things. I think one, um, training standards and stuff, but I think also like kind of anyone can become a judge in powerlifting. Where yeah. like at a professional level or even a high school level, a competitive high school level for most sports, um, pay is a little bit better. 
Yep. Uh, and so then the qualifications to get there might be a little bit more difficult. So then maybe the, the you know the expertise is a little bit better. Obviously at the professional level, NBA, NFL, et cetera, is probably pretty good. I've heard a lot of those guys are like lawyers, judges, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, and they're getting paid well. So to get there, it's a little bit more of a task. So maybe we raise that. Uh, you raise the pay a little bit and then you might raise the the how optimal these guys are. But then we have to get into um, federation consolidation so For that sure. there's actually you know um, enough people involved to make it worthwhile. Um, there's going to have to be more money in the sport. Yeah, I think it depends on the federation because I think there's some money rolling around places that we don't know where it's going. Well, that's that's <laughs> possible too. And and this is not a comment that's connected to that. But I don't know if you saw that the new raw bench, bench yeah, yeah, re- yeah. record from from yeah yeah um, boss bosses where they passed. Is that the yeah. big issue? Yeah, it passed. And he didn't no, like rack the, it, or the, the judges didn't rack it. Right? The big issue was that the side spotter celebrated at the end of the press yeah, yeah. when the, you can't hear the rack command in any video that yeah. I've and he's like kind of holding it and then he kind of drops it yeah yeah he's, the other side tends yeah. uh, the other side came down started to yeah. you know his yeah. elbow or wrist or whatever started to buckle um and the you know I number one I hate all-time world records that are not clean yeah, it is. I would hate it as a lifter, to be honest. But most of the time, they're not clean. Yeah, it is hard. It is and hard. if they're, especially if they're not in a um, USAPL, yeah, IPF yeah, those those world. tend to look a little prettier. Yeah, uh, the standards tend to be really tight. Um, I, this is. I'm like, several people said, "Well, they don't pay spotters." Well, they fuck sometimes they do. Yeah. Well, sometimes. why the fuck don't they pay spotters? Yeah. Sometimes they if do. If anybody's making money on it, yeah. then yeah, somebody needs to be paying spotters. And that, that's been a topic for a long time. Uh, yeah. There was an IPF worlds where spotters were highly ridiculed, and uh, other meets were highly ridiculed, and people got hurt. Um, and it's a dangerous sport. Going yeah. back, to my last thing on the judges is that powerlifting rule book. Um, is, and the sport uh, and what you're judging is so freaking simple compared to football, oh, yeah. baseball. Yeah, uh, I'd probably say football and basketball are probably the hardest just because there's so much going on. Right. Um, football, there's a lot of guys going on. Basketball, there's a lot going on. doesn't stop. Like That's really hard refereeing. Um, mm-hmm. And so if we are complaining about powerlifting, like... I mean, how many how many bad calls are made in a basketball game? The thousands, and so uh, yeah, quite you just a get few over it. Yeah, so yeah. if there's a couple, you have three judges at a powerlifting meet. Um, chances are that all three f up is a little bit lower. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I I think it's probably the least, not the least. It's not a priority in how we raise the sport of powerlifting right now, in my eyes. Uh, Olympic weightlifting, they only got you know they got the same kind of judges, and that's in the Olympics doing just fine. And I'm sure people kind of complain about it, but it's kind of simple, you know, whether you press out or you don't, whether yep. equipment breaks or doesn't, it's it's fairly simple. I, I think that yeah, I think that Olympic lifting um, judging is a lot simpler. Yeah, I mean it happens fast. Yeah, I mean it's fast, but yeah. it, it ha- I think it's simpler. I, I I think it's all damn simple. Like I think we have bigger issues to fry. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like our media, the money consolidation of, of feds mm-hmm. i think those are bigger issues if we want this sport to grow or make the olympics or who knows what then just from behind the scenes i can tell you that the the multiply feds are experiencing some consolidation around the whole wpo effort yeah trying to because, make something happen again yeah because um because of where you have to compete in order to qualify yeah, that's yeah. really what it comes down to uh <clears throat> some brilliant work on uh, michael fahey's part there 
Uh, okay, going to my Instagram. Uh, can this is Jacob W. Ross, our good friend? Can you just talk about how we might be related, please? And thank you. Um, <laughs> J- Jacob and I may be related, uh, but way back, twenty three and me type stuff. Yeah, potentially, potentially. I have. You I guys have, are both pretty American. Um. Yeah. Well, but the deal is that we're very like English, Scottish. Uh, I just mean like your folks have been here a while. Yes, yeah, a lot of generations. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. gets hard. I think many, we'll, many generations. Yeah, one of my other friends did it, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know." It goes like five generations, and we're in Boston. I'm like, "Well, that's pretty tough." <laughs> you know, like it's just tough to track. Like, yeah, you're English, oh, yeah. but like, where, where does it go from there? Because there's such a split and so much movement. Yeah, in the 1500s, 1600s, I have Rosses in my family tree. Oh, so, and very like, I guess his brother did it. So we haven't we haven't really compared yeah, yet, but should. like, it's it's a real possibility. Uh, I don't. I, I, this might be quick nip in the butt. This might not be. Uh, can introverts do good at powerlifting meets oh i think that that's absolutely true they absolutely can yeah you don't i think it depends on your i guess your definition of an introvert but like i'd imagine and i understand like performance anxiety and things of that nature but i don't know if that's directly related to introvert extrovert i think there's probably tons of extroverts who get an insane amount of uh, performance anxiety and I would also imagine that like there's a high level and, and this these are all kind of stereotypes but I'd imagine there's like high level of creativity and creative people that are insane introverts like a comedian uh, actor some of those people are probably very very introverted and you can argue I'd, I'd like to argue that like stand-up comedy in front of a huge crowd mm-hmm. even a small crowd but a huge crowd is probably like the most performance anxiety at least that i could imagine mm-hmm. you know like lifting you don't have to say nothing there's three judges no one's even watching nope. you no nope. but if you go to you know you, you have a sold out stadium uh jerry seinfeld or something like that there's twenty thousand people just watching you talk yeah and stand there well you've got you got the room for 15 seconds is all you got yeah. when you're lifting so it's that's not you long. don't even have the room no one's looking nobody's no one yeah nobody's no really cares. paying attention if you were lifting on a um on a stage that has lights, you can't see the the, yeah. the crowd at all. There's no. I mean, it's it, it's very personal. It's very yeah. internal. I think um, even people who have big demonstrations in their wind up wind up for a lift. Yeah, yeah, it could be. That's introverts. still very yeah, introverted. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think it's impossible to say. Like, there's no like clean cut. And maybe yeah. there is that I don't know, but there's no like psychoanalysis that you're introverted, you're extra. You know, it's not like cut and dry. It's a continuum. Yeah, you people and, who are introver- and even still, like I don't yeah. think you can just like categorize people. It's just a way you can kind of say like yeah. I like to be alone. Uh, another huge example I would give us, and again, this is just stereotyping, judging from the outside, is Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, he became like an internet meme with how kind of like he kind of talks like a robot. He kind of looks like you know, like he kind of mm-hmm. awkward. And maybe he's just awkward. Maybe he's extroverted. Maybe he loves being around people. But seems like he is kind of quiet and kind of introverted. Uh, yet performed his best on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, uh, I tend to think that something that requires a physical performance like that uh, really gets around social anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Which which is because you're because social anxiety yeah. is so much about about speaking right, right. Whereas, and you can have both you yeah. can be introverted and have some social anxiety but i think there's people that are introverted uh that that have no issues uh, no anxiety mm-hmm. uh i'm somewhere in between i'm definitely introverted and sometimes i have social anxiety but a lot of times i'm fine socially mm-hmm. uh, and i'm definitely fine performing wise i mean you get nerves every human gets nerves like but i'm not like crazy and and i think actually lifting the individualness of it, like you said, like it's so inside the work. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you, you train for potentially five years and then 
and then lift nine lifts to compete. Mm-hmm. Like it's way different than like even basketball where like basketball, you're competing half of the time and you're practicing half of the time mm-hmm. or football, you're competing, you know, one seventh of the time and practicing uh, six sevenths of the time or whatever. But there's more of powerlifting is done alone yep. uh, than it is the actual competing part. And I mean, even back in the day when I was um, with a group because we were lifting in gear and you need a group of people, like even quiet people found yeah. their niche. Even yeah. even quiet people managed to to get their lifts. I mean, it. I, I just don't see it being a limiting factor. Um, it. Uh, the, whoever asked us that question, if they can give us an example of why that might be a problem. Let's switch to uh, gears a little bit. Yep. Your least favorite food. That's a good question. I've never heard about my least favorite food. I've never talked about it. Least favorite food. Hmm. I don't like really like plasticky mass process mass processed burger kind of stuff. Like McDonald's or like um like something you throw in like a microwave. <clears throat> like something you throw in a microwave. What about um like White Castle? I've heard like that. I've never had it. I've had White Castle. It's nothing to write home about. Yeah, and then because you can to, buy White Castle like on a tray, right, and throw it in a microwave or a, yep. Yeah, an oven. I, I've I've had White Castle at White Castles though, and, and it was still kind of like not that. any better, really. I'm trying to think. Other than it, you know, with the microwave part, you can get the bun a little too done if you're not careful. Yeah, Whereas yeah. even this, you go to the White Castle and just like at least that. the texture's a little better. I I don't really have like things. That I have things that I hate, but not like foods that I hate. Like I really don't like mayonnaise. I don't like ranch dressing. Yeah, I don't like sour cream. But in terms of like a type, like if you take me to like. Mexican, Italian, whatever, whatever. Like, there's always going to be something I like. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, I feel like we dealt with that one already. What else do you have off of the? Um, I'm not looking at yours yet. I, I can just start to. Re- oh, I'm I'm still in the uh, DMs or the Instagram. Okay, hold on. Uh, is cost of living in Sacramento? You want to talk about those things? There's, oh, oh, what's the cost of living in Sacramento? Someone it, says it's, uh, it's on the jump up all the time. Says is the cost of living in Sacramento ridiculous? If so, why? Um, proximity. We, hello. Uh, cost of living in California um, compared to the rest of the country is quite high. Um, I think actually Sacramento, and I'm sure you guys could find some surveys. We probably could too. Um, but um, is actually quite high, uh, despite um, New York and, and San Francisco obviously being quite a bit higher. Uh, L.A. has places like Beverly Hills and things that kind of boost the whole area. But if you kind of take those out of there, the 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 Brentwoods, the Palos Verdes, the the Beverly Hills of L.A., Los Angeles has a greater picture, and Sacramento are very similar. Um, I know there was a survey that came out recently looking at like top big cities in the world and Sacramento was actually quite high in cost of living and they broke it down in many, many factors um, from gas to a pound of rice to rent, mortgage, et cetera, et cetera, plus what you live or make to live. So uh, yes, generally speaking, Sacramento is quite expensive to live in, um, but I'd say proximity to the Bay Area, San Francisco, Silicon Valley um, is probably one of the reasons and and weather safety like everything's pretty good here. Yeah, I think that the part of the problem is that we don't have enough apartment housing in in Sacramento or like varied priced housing. <sighs> that too, yeah. 
that too. That's why we have a little bit of a home, well, like a big bit of a homeless problem, but yeah. fucking been on Oprah Especially and shit. Recently. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, that we are underbuilt. I think the Bay Area is really bad for being underbuilt for housing. Uh, that's that's why the housing prices stay so high. As a homeowner, I would like the housing prices to stay high. But as a person who lives in the, in the community, sure. I would like there to be places that people could afford to live. Um, there's a there's a scale argument relative to, you know, having cool businesses that you want to go to. You have to have a, enough people to go to those businesses sure. to keep them open. For sure. And um, yeah, and both here and uh, a lot of places in California just jetted up here, especially just jetted up so big with downtown. Downtown Sacramento's gone through a huge um, evolution over the last, I guess, five years, and so yeah. new businesses are everywhere and new housing's everywhere, uh, especially downtown. But um, the housing's quite expensive uh, and it's only getting more expensive. So there are some issues, but um, yeah, I mean, expensive is is is. Cost of living being ridiculous is all dependent, right? Because if you live here and you have, you know, a hardworking job, you're probably going to make a little bit more than if you're working in the middle of nowhere, Texas or something of that nature. Um, but it's, I mean, it's definitely doable. Obviously, I've, me and Jim have lived here for so long, we don't really know much else. Um, and with our jobs, we are lucky that if we live somewhere else, we still kind of make the same in some senses. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people aren't. But if you're a nurse and idaho and you make whatever you probably make a little bit more living here so it, it yep. does kind of even out yep uh this question is for you did you have a hard time learning olympic lifts coming from a powerlifting background wait say it again did oh you have a hard yeah, time yeah, learning yeah. olympic lifts coming from a powerlifting background i don't think my powerlifting background affected how hard the weightlifting was i think uh, i was really immobile um i'm pretty stumpy in my arms and my legs in general um so that doesn't help. I've just been immobile even as a basketball player. Um, and then I'm a little bit older now. Like I've been played 15 years basically of year-round basketball. Then another 10 years or so of year-round powerlifting um, really competitively. So my body's just been through it. And that's what made Olympic weightlifting difficult. Uh, I'm pretty coordinated. I'm pretty athletic. Uh, so some of it wasn't that hard. It's just I couldn't get my body in the positions I needed to get into. And that's what made it difficult. Um, some powerlifters, depending on how big you are or how extreme you take it, probably will get a little bit stiffer, um, which may make weightlifting a little bit more difficult. Obviously, the transition from weightlifting to powerlifting is much easier. The lifts are much less complex. Um, weightlifting is very technical. Uh, I do suggest learning them. They're fun. Um, it's a challenge, and it's kind of an ongoing challenge, as powerlifting is. You can always kind of add more kilos to the bar. Um, but no, I wouldn't necessarily like blame powerlifting why weightlifting is difficult for me. Well, speaking of kilos, Dean from Caffeine and Kilos asks this, tips for hydration, always struggling to get enough water in daily. I my, my feeling about that is that um, set a timer if it's really a problem. Yeah. And be sure that you have it with you or a way to get it. That's clear yeah big water bottles obviously help i think some of these things like um everybody has their own issues and i have m more issues than most water or like drinking isn't one for me because i'm like i'm like an uh oral fixation is that a thing <laughs> yeah, it is, totally. like like i always am like drinking something or yeah. like chewing gum yeah like it's just like part of my add like stuff you know like yeah. i always have a coffee i always have a water i always yeah. have like a diet coke like I, I always have something so like getting liquids in isn't that hard for me um 
And then the other thing I would say is just like every time you eat, just do like a huge cup of water. That's kind of like an easy go-to. Like, all right, I'm going to snack on this or, oh, it's my meal. Yeah. Just chug a big old thing of water. Um, and then big water bottles. Like I know I have a lot of friends that just travel with some kind of water bottle and that kind of serves them. And we talked about uh, we talked about adding salt to water in one of their episodes. And uh, that's a totally legit thing to do. It helps you hold on to some of the water so you're not just peeing it straight out. Um, but uh, thank you for that question, Dean, because we love Dean. He's awesome. Um, Jim, do you still lift? Yes, I do, but it's really boring and terrible, and I've strug- been struggling with uh, shoulder and neck bullshit for so long now that I can't really squat. I don't really bench press. I got to work around all this kind of stuff. Um, it's boring. Yeah, but that's just how it goes. Like I, I banged up my knee over the last month or so weightlifting, yeah. and like you're just constantly adjusting. And yeah. whether, whether you whether you're all in on one sport weightlifting, strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, yeah. you're constantly, the more advanced you get, it's more about tweaking things so you can have longevity. Right. Um, so that's that's always going to be part of the game. Young, old, medium. I mean, basketball is the same. Uh, like everything is just a constant tweak for you to uh, have a long, long success. Um, I take, this is that random Scotsman. I, I take magnesium supplements i've heard mega dosing it like uh a, basically a gram plus plus testosterone or would you just shit yourself to death the answer i think is that you would shit yourself to death but i don't have an answer for this question i um yeah i don't see a need uh, i don't know I, I, I would talk to a doctor if yeah i just i don't think that that's really the trick i think that some people have have um magnesium deficiencies yeah and they, you want to bring those up because there are a lot of systems of, that in the body dependent on magnesium, but I wouldn't. Yeah, for my old like sports nutrition stuff and stuff I did take in school, like there's no such thing as like, like um, your your vitamins and like your vegetables and fruits for the days, supplements or otherwise don't like roll over. You can't have like Sunday yeah. day. It's kind of like your hydration and sleep. You can't go like Sunday and eat a bunch of broccoli and then like yeah I don't need any more vitamins the rest of the week. Um, and same with like what's enough to be fully functioning um, in those vitamin deficiencies. You want to just have enough every single day. Having extra doesn't help. You're probably just going to pee it out or not utilize it. So, um, you know, the simplest way with everything is, I guess, if you really want to, a multivitamin. But otherwise, just get two to three servings of fruits and veggies a day. It's it's really not that difficult if you get into a habit of it. Um, Actually, we're going to take a little bit of a commercial break here. I have a uh, package from... Society Socks. New sponsor. I'm going to see what's in here. I didn't get mine yet. They're still in the mail. Bag looks cool, though. Most men do. <laughs> Delete that. <laughs> is that, is that, is that <laughs> that's what the read says. <laughs> that's cool. That's fine. Do most. Go for it. Do you wear Funka Socks? Do you most, wear Funka Socks? Most men do. Most men do. That's probably true. I, my wife was pointing out the other day that the quality of bag socks has really gone down. Like when you buy a bag of oh, socks. like a Hanes like, or something? Yeah, like 12 bucks or yeah. whatever at Costco. I'm shaming Costco, I guess, here. But like the, they don't last all that long. Uh, yeah, I think it's sadly quality of everything. Um, so I do really like cool socks because I, I, I sometimes dress plain. I've gotten a little funky with some of my outfits because I'm into vintage stuff. But even when I'm like right now I'm wearing black top. Uh, uh, or a gray top, black bottom. Then I do like to spruce things up with a hat or socks. I, I'm yeah. an accessory guy. Yeah. I'm into bags, and I do like some socks, a little funk on them, like these little bees. I'd probably rock these things. Uh, those look like you. 
For yes, sure. They 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 feel like very high quality. I haven't worn them yet, but they feel very high quality. They got cool prints on them. Tons of different options. These purple ones are sick too. Some po- polka dot purple ones. I, it was a big deal of mine. I used to have to dress up for every uh, high school basketball game I coached. Mm. I didn't have to dress up, but the head coach went full suit, so I oh. at least had to go tie. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, you have right. to kind of match as the assistant. Uh, and my thing was to throw in a little spruce. Um, with some of these socks, and and all the the styles look like dress ish socks. Uh, they feel thicker, so it feels yeah, like you are. could wear them every single day if you want. And that's that's perfect up my alley, where that you get the quality, kind of the design of, of something you can kind of dress up. Um, but they're thick enough that you could rock them with some sneakers if you want. There you go. Okay, so why are they? This is a company is called Society Socks, and here's why they're called Society Socks. Socks are the most needed and least donated clothing items at homeless shelters through Society through. Hmm. Though Society Socks aims to change that. Boy, this is a cold read. With every pair of socks purchased, every pair of socks, excuse me, Jesus Christ. With every pair of socks purchased, another pair of socks is donated to a homeless shelter. On top of receiving awesome socks monthly, you will feel confident that you are actively making positive change in in society. So like I just said, this is a subscription sock service. you, You pay a certain amount and you get fresh socks every month. Some new style every month. Yep. Check it out. You get two surprise pairs of socks arriving at your door every month, plus you're slowly beginning to grow an impressive sock collection. Try out the first month of a sock subscription at 50% off when you use the code BACTS. Game on. Put an end to boring socks and subscribe today. It's mysocietystocks.com. Mysocietystocks.com. Code FACTS to get 50% off your first month of a sock subscription. Boom. Booyah. Your your dryer eats a sock a week anyway, so getting two pairs a month is perfect math to combat your hungry dryer. This episode is also sponsored by Gainful, Gainful Health Incorporated, Gainful.com. It is a subscription service for protein uh, that gives you a blend specific to you. You go through a process. I went through this process of filling out a quiz. It takes just a few minutes. They tailor the protein to your needs, your lifestyle, what your goals are, and they give you uh, that that blend. And every month, you also get flavor packets. This is a like plain protein that you can flavor. If you uh, get the plant-based option, which I did, uh, my understanding is that while they're reformulating that, they are throwing in some extra flavor packets to boost the flavor up and make it delicious for you. Number one for any diet, whether you're bulking, cutting, doesn't really matter. If you want to be consistent with your goals, uh, you're going to have to be consistent uh, with your discipline and your process. And as many of you know, whatever protein uh, this thing whips out for you based on the the questionnaire, uh, it's just a great, easy, convenient food source. So if you're having trouble hitting your macro goals of protein, um, you know, you guys know me, there's a lot of supplements that are BS out there. Majority of them are overpriced and also just simply don't work. Um, But a quality protein powder uh, is something easy. Easy that you can mix into your diet uh, daily, snack, or with a meal itself, uh, and Gainful will help you out with that. With Gainful, you also get free unlimited one-on-one access with your very own registered dietitian, which is a thing, especially people who are just getting into it, just getting into a fitness journey or a weight loss journey. They have a lot of questions, yeah. and they need to have their hand held a little bit, and a registered dietitian is the way to do that most of the time. It holds this, you accountable. There you go. Uh, we really want you to get your own pro- personalized protein powder from Gainful. 
So we have a special offer for our listeners. Get 15% off your first month of personalized protein, but only when you go to gainful.com slash facts. That's G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash facts. Don't wait. Go today. All right. Next question. Would you still work out your upper body if one arm was in a sling due to shoulder surgery? To the extent that you can, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would always uh, seek professional help, but uh, there is some... Um, some studies that may show that uh, preserving the muscle in your left arm may help the recovery or preserve some of the muscle in your other arm or other body parts um, while you're under rehab. But uh, if you have a real injury, which is much different being hurt, uh, probably if you're in a sling, hopefully you went to a doctor or something to get that sling, uh, I would seek professional help from um, that doctor or personal um, physical therapist, and uh, they'll help you out. Um, how do you convey and explain, this is the juicy one, one of the juicy ones I was looking at, how do you convey slash explain your fitness and nutrition goals to a significant other who is, who doesn't share the same ones without coming off like you're passing judgment on them? Yeah, that's hard. Um, I think it depends obviously at the depth level, uh, and how far you are into the relationship. I, I'd imagine if you said significant other that maybe they're married or a long time. Um, mm. but even in beginning, I think it could be hard. I'm not much of a dater, um, but if it means something to you, you'd obviously hope that your partner is supportive of anything that is, as long as it's not detrimental to you or the relationship. So, you know, I'm not saying ditch this partner, but if they can't understand simple things like, hey, I like to work out an hour a day, it helps me physically and mentally, yeah. um, then that might not be the right person to be with. It seems black and white to me, but maybe I'm too deep in it, and maybe I surround myself, obviously, that, with people that already understand it. Um but there's extremes to it. Um, you know, someone who's dedicated their entire life to lifting, going to an extreme level, being able to support that lifestyle uh, are things that I've dealt with. And that is different than just a casual lifter. Like if they can't understand you trying to get in for an hour, yeah, uh, that's pretty ex- like yeah. bad in my opinion. It's yeah. different than you being wanting to be Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. If, if you're trying to go to your significant other and say, hey, I'm trying to go be Mr. Olympia, that m- seems like a more... Not reasonable, but that seems like a more in-depth conversation that has mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, I'm trying not to work, and I'm trying to dedicate 110% of myself to this. That's an right. in-depth conversation that you have to have with your significant other, in my opinion. And, and just trying to be healthy shouldn't be a hurdle. Yeah, I think that maybe the first question is to yourself. Am I doing this because um, I'm trying to get healthy or I have have particular goals or is this an obsession that's just going to drive everything right. and potentially drive people away? Um, yeah. And I, I think that the more obsessed you are, the more off-putting you can be. For sure. And I think it depends on how like you handle yourself. Because there's fitness folks that aren't even like going to the Olympics or yeah. Olympia or even high-level powerlifting or competitive that then turn their lifestyle and start to judge others. Right. That's a big off-put. Like if, yeah. you're, if you're looking at your significant other and she's eating a brownie and you're like giving her a look or say something, yeah. you can't do that either. Um, and I find like that's more common yeah. than you wanting to go for the gym for an hour. Yeah, I think that to a certain extent you just have to, to keep it within yourself. For sure. You know, um, if it means that you're preparing your own food for, for a lot of meals, then like do that. But if somebody yeah. makes a special meal for you, eat the fucking thing. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, yeah, I think it depends, again, on the relationship. But then that means like you're the cook then. You know right. what I mean? Like if I need to have special needs, like yeah. I'm going to cook for you then. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm doing this dish for me, I'm going to do that dish with you with a little more cheese or something yeah. of that nature rather than like Jim said, like 
then you can't expect them to cook their meal and your meal. Like you can't be the bitch in this situation. Right. Like, you right. have to go a little bit beyond with some of those things. And that's the same with the judgmental. Cause it is weird world because like I get judged and Jim's probably been through it. a lot of my fitness friends have been through it where like the outside world's judging us. Like, um, Mike doesn't eat ice cream or Mike mm. doesn't like, no, fuck you I love ice cream you know like or I, I, I can't even like put it into words like they judge you by how you eat mm-hmm. like I eat the same thing a lot I'll eat like a steak and a veggie and like oh, you ate that like five times like yeah like one is healthy and two I like it like fuck you uh, yeah. like you get you get like reverse judged for being right. healthy uh, but you can't be you gotta make sure in that case that you're not the one putting the judgment on these other people drinking or whatever lifestyle they choose right and the other thing too I think is that you can't let the time that you spend in the gym or with your fitness friends or you know working out whatever look like it's an escape from the rest of your life yeah yeah for sure i think you have to have those conversations straight up and you have to maybe negotiate times like okay well what are your what are the things that you want to accomplish um what are the things that you want we want to do together and then we'll be sure that we get those things scheduled and then i'll work around the rest of it as much as i possibly can i don't know you just you have to be open about it you have to talk about it yeah i'm not saying these aren't conversations i'm just saying that they should be easy ones. If it's yeah. just you trying to be healthy. Right. If you're you, just trying to be healthy. It yeah, should be an easy conversation. Yeah. And I mean, the the best go-to maybe in, in those kind of arguments is look at your look at around at your family. If your family has like significant issues because of weight. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. Or just terrible fitness or whatever. Then you're like, look, I want to be different than that. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And hopefully it rubs off on them and you guys can do some of that together. But. Um, yeah, I guess it just depends on how deep into this relationship, um, because I could see it kind of being a weird thing in the very beginning, first couple of dates and mm-hmm. this person's wondering where you're always at the gym and eating weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're already deep into the relationship, if you guys have a true caring for each other, you should have true support and both want each other to be healthy and happy. Uh, what are your best tips for an intermediate slash advanced lifter? Um, you, you got to get creative. There's an, it, very general, my friend. Yeah. There is an episode, uh, I can't remember which, who, I can't remember which which guest it was that talked about the transition from being a a newbie to I think it was I think it may have already may have been all the way back at Galpin maybe um, where you reach the point where not everything works <clears throat> like at the beginning everything works yeah and then there comes a point where things slow down and you have to start getting your head more in the game and and trying different things and and not being able to work out the same way yeah. every day and yeah, new tools. Uh, obviously, you know the goal is more frequency, more volume, but you got to find what you can handle. Um, depending on, I mean, it all just depends on the goal, right? If you're bodybuilding or powerlifting or weightlifting, uh, there's going to be different tools that you're going to have to utilize. Um, but c- continue to seek knowledge, continue to seek people better than you, stronger than you, uh, and that's the way to get through. And, and don't be afraid to try new things. Um, I'm not saying go and do some basu ball backflips, but uh, some people really get stuck in their ways and they, they, they hold on to a cult of type of training. Oh, I'm Bulgarian. Oh, I'm Westside. Oh, I'm this. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just kind of utilize everything you can to get better. Uh, and, and taking four to eight weeks and trying something new will not ruin the last five years you've put in. Right. You, you can easily hop right back to wherever you were if it doesn't work. There was a question that I lost in here about um, the different methodologies and how will they work for different times? And I think that that's maybe something you have to figure out by yourself. I don't think you can you can know that until you actually give it a try. And don't think about, oh, I'm going to waste my time doing this thing or waste my time doing that thing. It's like, no, any time that you spend in the gym that you're working is not wasted time. Yeah. Top three tips to start a small business. I saw that. That's hard. It is hard. Um, 
<clears throat> define your define your market, define your your um your offering and um be realistic about about how much time you can devote to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um maybe that's if you're trying to start a real business, you're going to have to get in uh, and you have to be in deep. You can't go in 20%. I think exactly what Jim said, you got to have to at least have an idea. I don't think you have to write down in cement because <clears throat> things will change, uh, but you have an idea of what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Um, you can't, you can't, you can't just throw things against a wall and pray, um, but things will evolve as the company evolves. Um, maybe you hit a new demographic that you didn't think you would. Uh, maybe you find a new product and you think, It'll serve somebody else better, and you start marketing it over there. Um, but I think direction, general direction, and why you're doing anything uh, is, like, number one answer for everything we start. And I think that if you're starting a business with somebody else, you need to be able to be, you know, upfront and honest about, like, what the roles are going to be, yeah. how how things are going to be divided up work-wise and profit-wise and all that stuff, and get things in writing to the extent that you possibly can. Um, sometimes it doesn't seem worth it cause it's not going to be enough at first, but like at least have the conversations and maybe, you know, write an email about what, how you, you know, how things should work. Yeah. Talking about the last conversation about communication, just being open. There's going to be some not fun conversations happening with everything you do in life uh, yeah. that you're going to take seriously. And so a business does end up being a real relationship with either your employees or your uh, you know, co-founders or whatever it might be. So, um, kind of get into those conversations and get them out of the way, uh, keep a level head and then, uh, constantly, constantly, uh, try to look at yourself and why you're doing it. I think will really continue to drive you. Uh, there's <clears throat> one more other than Jacob asking why you're so handsome. So my mom, thanks Jacob. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that other than mom. Uh, it's all, uh, genetics folks. How do you know when it's time to try something new and move on from a sport, job, city, stage in Ooh. your life, et cetera? This is a good place to- This is very relevant. Good place to wrap it up. I got a couple friends going through this, a couple close friends going through this. Um, and for me, and it sometimes seems so simple, we've been through this. Everyone goes through this. Everyone goes through chapters in their life and how you deal with them or how long the bad part of the chapter happens is kind of mm. on you. Some people, I think, sit their whole <clears> life <throat> at this corporate job that they despise going to every morning. And sadly, they they don't move on and they don't take the hints. Me, I don't know if it's my parents or my schooling or what, my mentors, but me, I am my anxiety uh, and hate of conflict. I mm -hmm. end up maybe closing things too quick sometimes, but I will like find a new thing, you know, like... I just can't handle not being happy. So as soon as that scale starts to tip and I'm 45% happy and 55 not so happy with what's going on or the situation, I'm probably out. Looking to change. That I'm probably out. And this goes <laughs> for like you like the question said like city, job, sport, hobby, mm -hmm. uh, relationship, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it might be. As soon as those things tip and 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 it's hard because who you're working for, the city you're in, uh, the relationship, who you're dating, um, your hobby even, or your connection to that hobby, you, they may all take it personal, but it's not always personal, right? Because mm. it's all about you. It's what you feel. If if one day this even this podcast tips, I'll just have to tell Jim, like, yeah, man, I'm not in this anymore. And it's not because I don't like talking to Jim anymore. It's that I don't, I don't have the 55% happy to mm. talk to this microphone anymore or on these topics. And that's just what it is. And so for me, I've just always, I haven't always, 
four years ago, I decided to always chase my guts, always go with my feeling and always do what I think is going to make me happiest. And what's given me confidence to do that is knowing that I can always U-turn. And I don't know if I don't necessarily believe in fate or destiny, but I believe that like I can always keep U-turning or 180 in until I can find that. So mm-hmm. again, the hypothetical, AGM can't do this anymore. Six months down the road, I'm like, fuck, I, I was happy doing that. I just text Jim again, like, yo man, miss that. Like, want to start another show or want to yeah. pick it up? And maybe Jim says no, maybe he says yes. If he says no, then I just got to start my own show or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are all hypothetical nerds. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and that's how I feel with the city too. Like, it's hard because some of these decisions feel so big when you're in it. Yeah. It feels like this storm around you, a relationship, especially if anyone deals with anxiety or overthinking out there. Like, I feel like some people can make a decision and not care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some people, especially sensitive people, really, this really consumes your life until you make these decisions. It, for me even like i kind of stopped powerlifting like i've been weightlifting and kind of yeah. bodybuilding like who cares like two months from now i could easily be like fuck it i'm gonna squat bench dead again you know yeah. like i missed nothing maybe i missed a little bit of gains like one percent of gains yeah. in those lifts but in the scheme of things i really missed nothing or if i decide to move to los angeles probably lose some money mm-hmm. lose a little bit of time but i gained that experience and knowing that i don't want to live in la and i move right back like, yeah and and there's bigger things. I've had friends move to China. I've had friends, yeah, switch hobbies, switch sports, obviously switch careers. Um, but I think that's just part of life. And there's no one to answer to but yourself, really. Uh, and so you got to do what's best for you as long as you're not hurting other people. You got to do what, what's best for the, that tiny circle or those that you really, really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, the confidence is there. It's 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 kind of black and white to me, although it, it's obviously easier said than done. Yeah, some of it comes down to having the the confidence to be able to walk away from something and feeling like that it's not going to be the end of the world. And some of it depends on how much you put into building whatever it was that you might be walking away from, Yeah, um, which I've definitely experienced. And how much anxiety you have about, um, about the situation, about things that are outside of your control or figuring out how to bring into control things that feel like they're outside of your control by drawing boundaries and all those things. And if they don't work out for you, you know, then you, then you have to move on yeah. and you, then you got to be ready to, to go to, to get out. I, I've found that in the course of my career, especially early career, like every time I went on a vacation, I was pretty sure I wanted to quit my job by the time I got back because like it, it gives you perspective on all the stuff that you dealt with. Yeah. And so I would always go back and like, well, how can I fix this? How can I change this? What else can I get? You know, what other position can I look at in this organization or what kind of other responsibility I can take on that's going to help me find a different job within yeah. the organization or outside or whatever? Um uh, because it's hard to be happy. It's hard to maintain that level of happiness, you know, over time. Yeah, I think you have to put in effort. Like even Jim said, he was thinking about how to fix it or thinking about what's next. <clears throat> yeah. You have to make a conscious effort, dedicate time, whether that's meditation, exercise, even just sitting, whatever. You have to dedicate brain power yeah. and your time to, it's the same as being self-aware. Like there's no magic to it. You have to dedicate time and tell yourself, I want to figure this out. I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to be happier. I want more money. I want whatever it is. And then you have to, some people write it down. Some people write a journal. I'm just collecting billions of thoughts in my head, whatever works for you. And then, and then number one is you have to be active. You have to do something about it. Um, So whether that is switch cities, find what city fits you, find what promotion might fit you. And then if you can't find an answer, yeah, I mean, for me, I just delete chapters. Like, well, chapter closed, time to move. You know, like, yeah. uh, and everybody sets different. Some people kind of sway in between for a while or whatever, but I don't work that way. I have to kind of 
all right, that was a good chapter. I have to start a new, and I just go get yeah. new, new pages. And sometimes you're stuck. Sometimes you're just stuck for a while. There's yeah, yeah. Just, there's pretty much nothing you can do. Yeah. I have I, just an instance in my life when I was working in the HMO industry where um, <clears throat> going through a merger, I was offered a job in the new organization, not the job that I was looking to get. Like somebody came in from the outside on top of me and uh, part of the deal was they wanted, they wanted me to move to LA. And I'm like, well, here's the deal. My my father-in-law at the time had, had cancer and was like not doing well. And like, I can't move. I can't move my family, for, you know, six, seven hours away. I just can't do that. Yeah. This is, it's too disruptive right now. So I'm going to try to make a bargain with this and say, look, um, I can't right now. Let's talk about it. Like if you're open to it, let's talk about it in 12 months. Yeah. And only you can make that decision. Yeah. If someone else thinks they can and wants to fly down there Monday through Friday and stay at home with their family or yeah, father-in-law I, on the weekend, maybe, you know, like. I was already doing that yeah, at that point. Yeah. That was the You know problem. what I mean? Like, but it, sadly, like at the end of the day, <clears throat> it's your <clears throat> life and you kind of have to figure out all that on your own. Like we yeah. can't give you answers. No one can give you answers until you dedicate that time to figure out what will actually make you happy and then start acting on that. What I would say, however, is, is like Mike said, do have some idea about what you want to do next and figure out like like how you're going to get there. Yeah. Don't just walk out. Yeah, I'm lucky I'm not impulsive. Uh, yeah. I'm overthinking. So by the time I already got there, I've already thought like, okay, if I make this decision, these are the thousand variables. <clears throat> That's better than these thousand variables mm-hmm. I'm in right now. If you're impulsive, I don't really have an answer for you because I've never been that way. Um, and I guess if you're impulsive, you'll just be impulsive again and find your way out of there. But I think you have to really analyze the situation and think realistically. Like, all right, say you hate, we li- we hate living in Sacramento. It's so expensive. And mm-hmm. this podcast, we'd make so much money living in a different state. And then we just move somewhere. But then we don't like, you don't analyze the things you love here. You know, my mom's here, your family's here. Yeah. You don't analyze, well, the houses are more expensive here, but I love my house. House is cheap there, but it's gross. Like you don't, you have to really think of every little thing. The grocery stores, the where you're gonna walk your dog, what hobby you're gonna have, what for us, what gym we're going mm-hmm. to, or whatever it might be. I think you have to really try to dig in and think of all aspects because sometimes maybe it's not as bad as you think, and maybe it's just one thorn. And like Jim said, maybe you look for a different job or promotion within what you're doing um, because everything else is good, mm-hmm. rather than obviously sometimes just the negative will stick out to you. But there's maybe more good than bad. Absolutely. I think we should call the game right there. Ladies and gentlemen, follow me. Saw Mike, 2Ks, Twitter, Instagram. Follow the show, 50% Facts. Give us a rating and freaking review. It helps a lot. Tell your friends, and we'll catch you every Wednesday. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, 50% Facts, where percent is a word. We'll talk to you next time.